Hello, Rainbow Readers. Happy New Year! Happy New Year, friends. I hope everyone out there had a happy and safe or neutral <laughs> New Year. Or whatever. Whatever the case may be. Yeah, you just made it through. I mean... Well, you made it through. That's it. We did it. And now you joined us back here on our Your Rainbow Reads podcast where we discuss LGBTQIA plus books and authors that on a, a weekly basis. That was a big... To say in one breath. I like to say big things in one <laughs> breath. You you got that one out. That's good. I'm Susie. We're doing this in the reverse. That's weird. And I'm Holly. Yeah, look and at us. And we're celebrating the new year by switching it up. We're changing it up, friends. We are going out of order. Yeah, because no one tells us what to do. We're always out of order. We are so much so out of order. <laughs> yeah, it gets us into trouble sometimes. So what... Is your question of the day, Halls? My question of the day is, we are actually talking about the first book in a series, right? Yes. And sometimes if you know a book is a series, or even if you've put a lot of pressure on yourself, like, I really want to like this book, or I want to read this book. Right. And then you start reading the book, and it occurs to you, like, this isn't what I expected. Yes. Well, you do you DNF books? Oh, fuck Yeah. I actually had a hard time doing that, especially when we were like, I don't want to say assigning as if it's homework, but when you and I are planning the podcast out and we're saying which books, you know, we want to read or whatever. And I remember the very first book that I DNF'd for this podcast. And I thought I was kind of upset about it because I didn't want to like let you down. And like I had already, I have a hard time with resolutions because I set them so high, it's like totally become a new human being with a whole new personality. That's not a good resolution. As you told me last week, you were like, the fuck are you talking about? But one of my resolutions last year was to try and read more fantasy books. But then it, but it occurred to you. Yeah. But then my, my not resolution for this year is don't read shit that I don't want to. Yeah, so that's a good example of not a good resolution is that, yeah. you know, to say that you're going to do something that you actively do not want to do. No, and I don't, but I think I just put so much pressure on myself. Like, I wanted to make you, not you, happy, but I do want this podcast to succeed. So I didn't want to feel like I was letting anyone down. But let me just say this. Read whatever the fuck you want. Don't read things that people you think you should read or that you know that you know you're not gonna like I mean sometimes if you go out of your comfort zone that's good I mean I know there's been books that I've recommended to you or you've recommended to me that would probably wouldn't be exactly my style true but if you start reading a book and you're just like this blows Mm -hmm. I do not like this yeah for whatever reason yeah and sometimes it's maybe I mean, you may just be like, this will never be for me. It's not for me. And that's totally cool. But also, sometimes a book is just not for you right now. Yeah, like you might be going through something in your life that you don't feel like reading about right now, or you felt like you thought it was going to be happier than it was, or you thought it was going right. to be sadder than it was, or whatever. Yeah, and so you just don't have to. The perfect example of this, I started a book last year right at New Year's because the book setting is around New Year's Day, New Year's Eve. And I only got a few pages in, and I was like, I I don't even know why. I couldn't even tell you why I didn't finish. But I picked it up a whole year later. And 
it is like what am I gonna be one of my top books of the year I can't wait to review it for you guys it's so good She's enjoying it so much that she's already recommended it to me. I'm going to read it, and we're yeah. going to have it on the podcast. Yeah, I mean, I literally months. couldn't wait for her to walk into my house and be like, oh my gosh, this book. It's so good. Yeah. And see, last year you were set to DNF it. Do, I know. Do not finish it. So, you know, read what you like, but also sometimes, you know, if a book may just not be resonating with you at that point, do you, you're like actually not a DNFer. Not usually. Now, there have been books that I have DNFed for this podcast just because we are on you know sometimes we're on a little bit of a time crunch yes and it's like this isn't going as fast as i want it to go or this isn't the plot that i anticipated or whatever so i think having started accelerating my reading has encouraged me to do some more dnfing but um like there are some books that and this kind of is a timely topic with this being the first of the series yeah like for example if you've read the first of the series you really enjoyed it you get to the second of the series and second books are typically you know they have a reputation for being like kind of a slump yeah it's hard to sometimes it's hard to maintain that level i'm really bad about in all things movies TV show, you know, girl, you know, I will quit a TV show. She will quit a TV I will show. Qu- I will be so into it in the whole first season, and then I'll be like, fuck it. I, I just can't. And I do that with books, too. Yeah. Remember, you? The, there's two series. They're not queer, so we're not going to really mention them. But the two series that both of us share a deep love of, I think you read, like, 17 in a row one time. And I, I mean, and I'm like, I can't. Yeah. Sometimes I do get on a kick, and I want to, you know, I want to... Uh, finish the whole series in in one fell swoop you do but also the problem is is like when i feel like i'm reading a series that's not complete in real time oh yeah yeah yeah. i fucking forget what happens and then i'm like okay well i'll go back and read the last one but i really don't have like time to reread books back to back because there's so many it's not that i don't have time like oh i'm so busy but it's more like I, I want to read as many good books as I can. So I don't want to reread something unless I'm like totally in love with it. Yeah. I'll try to find like a summary online yeah. of it. <laughs> yes. Well, also our memory has become poor. Mine is. Well, yours has always been poor. Correct. Yeah. I mean like total trash. So, hey, was this hike hard? No, it was good. That's and then a different. We're, is that? Condition. I feel like. That's not only your bad memory. It may be that you're lying to That's me. That's my Pollyanna sunshine <laughs> hiking. I have a Pollyanna sunshine hiking disorder. It's the worst because you'll be like, God, is this, is this going to get any better? Oh, yeah, it's not, it's yeah, not it's that bad. It's just one hill. It's just this. And then I'm going to vomit at the top. My yeah. God, woman. But also you do have a bad memory. Yeah, I do actually have a bad memory. So in addition to that disorder that I yeah, have. Yeah, like it's a combination of things that's <laughs> like fuck but that's a bad thing about it but here i am to say in the new year i'm not gonna feel guilty about not reading things that i don't that i don't like yeah i'm just not gonna feel bad about it i just don't like certain things and that's okay because you don't like sappy smutty romance books no so we're just gonna go forward strengths yeah go forward and read things that we that we do like i don't think we've said this before like the only books we talk about on the podcast are books that we like so behind the scenes, there may be some <laughs> books that we've read that we've just kind of been like, you know? Yeah. So. For sure. That's not 
something. No, we don't want to. No, we're not here to trash talk stuff. Absolutely not. So there may be something, and also everybody's different, but there may be something that we've read and then been like, oh, no, I cannot hype this shit yeah, up. Yeah, if I can't get hyped up about it, I'm not going to talk about it. No. It's not, speaking of being hyped up, are you hyped up about the two books that, look at that, I segued good. God, that was a good one. I think it's bad, though, when you point out that yeah, you said, okay, we lost won't do- a little bit of the flavor. Okay, New Year's resolution. We're not going to point out every time we make a good segue. We'll just high five in the background and you'll yeah, never know. That's right. But speaking of getting hyped, were you hyped about this book that you read? I am. And I'm also hyped because the second book is already out. Yes. And it's a duology. So this is it. This is the two, two and done. Two and done. And I think that... Actually, I need more duologies in my life because I feel like with the trilogies that I lose a little bit of steam. Yeah. Like I, I puff out yeah. and I just can't do it. Because a lot of times they suffer from that second book condition. Yeah. And then I don't care what happens in the third one, but probably I might. Yeah. But you've, you've a lot not done if, good. If I DNF a book, a lot of times it's going to be a second book. Yeah. It's just like that out there. It's but like you're that. really, you are re- really very good about finishing. If she says she's going to read y- your book. Oh, yeah. You're really good about that. Yeah, that's true. That is true. You are super awesome. I try to be super awesome about it. But <sighs> if I tell someone personally I'm going to read it, I will. Yeah. And there's a few of you out there, and don't you worry, it's coming. You're all still on the radar. In the new year. So we got you. So what book did you read? Okay. So the book that I went with is one that I've been wanting to read since really like mid last year. And right. it's called The City We Became by N.K. Jemison. Awesome. Now, I was familiar with N.K. Jemison because I also read The Fifth Season, the Fifth Season which is also a first book in a series. If anyone wants to go out there and check out that book, it's a, it's a good fantasy book. Yeah, I bought that with my own dollars. And... Um, <laughs> You said that that's not for me. You remembered that you don't like fantasy. Yeah, but I was, that was literally, I bought it like at the beginning of the year last year Mm -hmm. in my effort. And because I want to also, you you wanted to read more fantasy. I did. I wanted to read more fantasy. I want to read more um, authors by black and indigenous people of color. Yes. Like trying to do all the things yeah and then you were like i don't think you'll like that book it's a traditional fantasy it starts out with various characters all across the globe and then they um travel toward each other but it's harsh though right i think also that's another thing that it was ha- it's very harsh conditions it's a post-apocalyptic and but it's, i do like that yeah it's just trust me on this one. I, it's fantasy, I, girl. I always do. If you tell me I'm not going to like it, I trust you 100%. If anyone out there likes fantasy, they'll like this book. If yeah. you don't like fantasy, chances are good you won't like the book. Right. But how does this one compare? Okay, The City We Became is a totally different book. Um, it is probably described as urban fantasy, I'm going to guess. Yeah. But it's set in our time period, Mm -hmm. on our world. Oh. You know, so it has um, none of the marks of a traditional or a high fantasy. And it's also set in New York City, right? And I think that's a part of this book that you would love, that probably a lot of the listeners out there would love. Love it. Because I 
actually learned a lot about New York City as a result of reading this book. Okay. I, so, I, I do. This is making me want to read it. Yeah, I hope it's making everyone want to read it because it's yeah. a really good book. So it's set in New York City in a time period similar to our own. Okay. And something ha- is, has happened in the world that has transformed the earth so that it wants to come alive. Oh, well, okay. You have my attention now. And each of the boroughs... There's five, right? Selects a person. Oh, to kind of take on their personality. Oh, cool. So do they? Do they all have embodiment? Do they all have different? So each borough has a different personality, and that's what is so cool about it. Do they? Does the personality like reflect the flavor of each borough? It does. That's really cool. And it's certain things that I didn't necessarily know about New York because I haven't lived there and you know i've visited but i don't have a lot of knowledge of like the ins and outs of it and we're very southern right and so it was interesting to me to learn kind of in depth about the boroughs what the different personalities of the boroughs would look like right um so there's really fun descriptions i had a lot of fun reading this book now there you know it's there is a threat of villain in yeah. the book, so it's not all fun and games. There's definitely a, a threat present, but the villain is enticing. The villain is um, kind of fun, you know. Yeah, one of those villains that kind of mocks people and I do has like, a good I, time. Lord knows, I like some mockery. Has a good time with the evil doing. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, there's depth. There's fun. There's tons of good representation. Really enjoyable characters. Some off-putting characters, mm-hmm. but you feel like you're you're on a you're having a good time no matter what. Right. So how many stars? This book, I gave four stars. I really like the book. Awesome. And how many Pride Flags? Pride Flags gets five. I pretty much all the characters are queer from my memory. So oh, okay. there's tons of good representation um, as far as um, LGBTQ characters and then also as far as um, people of color. So And, and I just no spice, right? There's a little spice in the book. There's probably like... Half a chili pepper? No, it's more like... I mean, there is a... Eh, it's one or two stars. Okay. One, one or two One or two chilies. Wow. It's not a lot, but there is... A, one or two scenes kind of spring to mind. They're not, you know... They're yeah. not going to set the world on fire or anything, but there, there is some spice in the book. Well, that sounds awesome. I actually may have to read that. I think you should. I have been... It's in my... It's that... It is a book of the month book. Oh yeah, I can, I and can it see was why. it was on my two br from to maybe order from book of the month, but then um, <laughs> they didn't pick it for this. Oh yeah, they did, so I could get both of them to match. Okay, so that I may be doing that. I mean, in, that's, in the new year, that's what we should do in the new year is read a couple of duologies. I yes, think. yeah, I think I'm gonna I'm gonna check out the second book. I'm, we're definitely gonna have an episode about duologies coming up. Coming up. I mean, it's all gonna be coming up. But don't know when. May have to be March. It remains a mystery for now. <laughs> even to us. <laughs> it is to us also. All right. So what did you read? Tell I us about have, your pick. I have something a little more fluffy, I think. Um, I have a series by Ashley Poston called It's the Once Upon a Con series. Once Upon a Con, C-O-N? Yeah, okay. like... You know, a convention. Oh, okay, like cool. Like geek conventions. Heck yeah. Dragon Con. Love it. Comic Con. Um, Hello to all the geeks out there. Yes, we love doing you. Doing their thing. We love you so much. Um, this is very cute, fluffy, 
fairy tale retellings. Oh, I love and they're that. Cute. And it starts off, since this is first in the series, with Geekerella, which can you guess by the title what the fairy tale retelling is? I'm going to go out on a Okay, on a limb, you're going to... Cinderella. Yes, it is. It's super cute. Super cute. It is a straight main character couple, but there is a ton of good representation and also... The later books in the series have, um, I think it was a sapphic couple as oh, the main couple. But what was the retelling that had the sapphic couple? It was the second one called Princess and the Fangirl. Oh hell yeah! And it was super super cute. But this one, Geekerella had bisexual and lesbian representation, and the main um, guy main character Darian um, is an Indian. And Sage, the main character's best friend, is um, Korean. So there's all kinds of, like, great representation. And there's a food truck. Food truck representation. Which is the pumpkin, though. Oh! (laughs) (laughs) It was really cute. I mean, this is what I like to call... A mind scrubber book. Okay. If you've been reading a bunch of heavy stuff, like maybe in between your fantasy books that are kind of heavier or or like that require a lot of thought. Yeah. Definitely read one of these books. You could probably read this in a day or two. It's a super quick read. They're fun. They're frothy. I love a good retelling. And this is actually not even like a fractured fairy tale or where they turn it really upside down or anything. This is straight retellings okay. so it's pretty sticks to the story pretty well it just kind of you know updates it for obviously the modern age or whatever but they're just fun and i really like ashley poston's writing we have another book of hers coming up to review in february that i really really liked okay cool and i think she is a great writer and i love this little series so it's geekerella is the first one which is a cinderella retelling Princess and the Fangirl, which I think is like Prince and the Pauper. Mm. And then Bookish and the Beast. Oh, yeah. And Bookish and the Beast has bisexual and gay rep. Okay. That sounds really good. So they are all chock full of rep. And like I said, they're super cute, fun little retellings. And that's like a good, if I read a a lot of nonfiction, which is sometimes usually heavy topics, either true crime or you know, history. Yeah. And they bog me down a little bit. And sometimes you just want something fluffy and fun. I love fairy tale retellings. I, I went, do too. I went through a phase where I was obsessed with that type of stuff. We should like do an episode about that because there's a lot of good queer fairy tale retellings out there. Yeah. And hey, if they won't write them for you, write your own. Right. Exactly. And these are really cute. Yeah. And also, the covers are super cute. Of course. <laughs> I mean, But, like, super, super cute. Super, super cute? Super, super cute. Like, ooh, they're so cute. Cuter than a corgi in a sweater? Oh, no. No. A corgi in a sweater is top tier. Any type of dog that's a cartoon dog on the cover, it's got, I'm going to read it. Maybe in the new year we should let Susie rate the covers. (laughs) I will. So, the cover cuteness factor on this is um five corgis five corgis in a sweater (laughs) so there we just look at that friends we just created a new fucking rating right right here before your very ears right here and i would give all of these 
Um, I mean, like five stars. Just okay. they're fun. Yeah. They're fun and great. Um, and representation, I would say also um, five flags. Awesome. Do they have any chili in them? I I think a little bit. Okay. Like, not not anything bad. But also, I did want to mention this. They're all set. They're obviously the series is Once Upon a Con. They're all kind of set around this convention, which like the main theme of it is kind of like a Star Trek convention, but it's the own. It's like a whole different TV show that's obviously made up. But that whole thing is really good too. Yeah. I have to say the whole world building of this con is pretty intricate, I think, for, like, a romance. I really enjoyed it more than I thought I would. It was it was very cute. It was very well done for cute little romances. Because sometimes romances... I mean, that's my typical complaint with them, quite honestly. Yeah. That they lack a little depth. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't say these are, like deep it'll tell you the stories of the universe i don't need to know the stories of the universe but this is actually very cleverly written and i think i could i like it because it did feel like even though she was retelling it so she already has the bones of the story Mm. the way she fleshed it out to make it her own and added some world building to it was actually really clever yeah it sounds clever i mean you had me at at Pumpkin is a food tree. <laughs> I'm not. That's cute. Yes. As, that's cute as hell. And her BFF's hair is green. I it's love great. It. It's great. And it's super fun. So in the new year, if you've been bogged down by the weight of the world, which sometimes the I mean, world it will do it to, to you. The best of us, quite honestly. Go pick up this series and it'll be really cute. So we have a little tiny baby surprise for you guys. It's a good surprise. It is a good surprise. Since this is the first in a series. We had the opportunity to interview an author team. Liv and Sterling, LNS Fables, who wrote The Last Contender. Which made Holly's top five last year. If you haven't listened to that episode, please do, because we talk about our favorites from 2022. Yeah, go back and listen to that. And then I I reviewed that book. Yeah. And I don't know. It was on one of our minisodes of recent. Yeah, so you can go find... The review for The Last Contender, listen to the review, and maybe read the book, and then you can listen to our interview. Yeah, this was a, a good, fascinating interview. This is an author team, and so they discussed their process for writing as a team. Right. I which thought is, that was super interesting. It is super interesting because there's actually quite a few writing teams out there that some of them write, and it's just one name, so it... You don't know that they're a writing team unless you know it. But there's also in quite a few husband and wife teams. Yeah. Which I think is pretty cool. I I think think it's it's awesome to write a book with your bestie. Yeah. It was interesting to hear about the process. We should write a book. You think we should? I do think we should. Okay. Well, maybe we will. (laughs) You you heard it here first, friends. So stick around and enjoy our interview with Liv and Sterling. Here they are. So welcome, Sterling and Liv. We are so excited to have you. Thank you so much for agreeing to an interview today. Yeah, we're really excited. Are we your first interview? Um, Does it count if we interview ourselves? Um, That counts. I mean, that counts. Sure. Sure. (laughs) We have our own podcast and we've interviewed other people. 
Yeah, and oh, I that's saw awesome. that you have a lot of interviews on there. I was actually checking out your podcast, and I have a, a question about it later. It was very cool. Yeah, yeah, sure. yeah. So we've tried to convince other people to interview us, but <laughs> <laughs> we interview each other regularly. Um, but no, we've not been interviewed by other people who are actually doing like the work. Um, if, if usually it's us doing the work. Yeah. Awesome. Nice. Well, it's an honor then. That's fantastic. Yay us. So tell us a little bit about yourselves, especially how you got interested in writing and how and when did y'all become friends? Like what's your, what's your origin story? We met on a collaborative writing site. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. Um, we actually started writing together before COVID shut down everything in um, 2020, but it was like, like two weeks before COVID. And, um, I own my own business and uh, Liv was working a retail job. I'm Sterling for those of you who don't naturally know whose voice belongs to whom. Um, And so we had started writing before COVID, but then COVID shut everything down. And, you know, when you're stuck home with your cat or your dog trying to eat you alive, um, you, you need an outlet. So we kind of both poured a ton of energy into the story that we were creating. And we ended up, writing what vassal and priestess no the first month we wrote vassal so in one month we wrote our first novel together wow that's awesome COVID was like you know it really was like a full month and then there was those like two to six weeks later depending on what state you're in where things were opening but not really and her hours were impacted and no one wanted to come have me train their dog in their home you know they're like stay away from me plague woman (laughs) yeah um you know we ended up writing vassal during that lockdown and then the second book in that series which was actually a prequel in the following weeks it's not published yeah we didn't publish that one and so then we were kind of like well let's let's get published and the timing on that was such that a whole bunch of literary agents and and publishing houses weren't moving forward with um, new authors. With new, we got multiple. They weren't rejection letters. They were literally we're not taking clients until we see how the climate changes. Not in the yeah. literal, but the like financial sense. And so we were like, well, okay, then let's do it ourselves. Nice. So that's kind of we started just on a collaborative collaborative writing website and then that transformed into a book because of a ton of time and then that transformed into trying to get published which then was like this isn't the right venue going in a traditional route so let's do it ourselves and so then we uh, published Vassal uh, January 2021. Uh, That's great so what's your what's it like writing together what's your process and do you feel like that writing as a team is easier or harder than someone just writing by themselves? Well, there's, it's both easier and harder because on one hand you have two different visions of what this thing is going to be. And even if you talk it out, plan it out, I mean, there's still occasional like communication errors of like, wait, I thought this was going to be this way or what I thought it would be this way. Um, So that's a difficult part. It helps if you are good at just like talking to each other about it. Mm-hmm. And also, um, if you have a plan set up in the beginning, we're big planners, we're not pantsers when it comes to writing. How do we do it? Oh, um, we each write specific characters. Okay. I okay. was wondering that. Okay. Instead of um, passing back and forth, like chapter um, 
by chapter. Mm-hmm. Like I've, I've heard some people do this, like Neil Gaiman and Terry Pratchett did a couple, like did a little series together and they traded chapters. chapters. Hmm. Oh, okay. Yeah. Were they Is writing the same good character? Yes. They were. Yeah. So they were like taking turns with the character as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Um, we like it this way because it helps give characters individual voices. Um, yeah. And for literal writing, we're writing on Google Docs. So if anybody's ever used a Google Doc, you see what the other person is typing. So it's just like, this is going to date me. But do y'all remember when like on AOL, they were like, <laughs> we remember everything. Yeah, we're, yeah. we're way older than you. <laughs> so, yeah. so, so like the AOL chat room, it's kind of that vibe almost like you pop. Oh, that's what she wrote. Okay. And then I write and then uh, we kind of mush it together. And if we're doing a POV from a character that Liv has written, I'm still in control of the characters that I'm in charge of. So if her character is talking or interacting with one of my characters, she's going to do a lot of the scene and viewpoint and feelings. feelings. Character stuff. This is my character is still going to have me come over and have them do their response, their what they're saying, how they're physically reacting. Um, if I have a specific outfit they want, I want to want them to wear. Um, you know, it's it's like a game in a way. That's yeah. cool. Cool. That's really awesome. We've, we've gotten more and more integrated the longer we've done this. Yeah. Yeah. It used to be every time one of us write, it was a POV change. <laughs> we don't do that anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And longer scenes. That was one of the biggest things we had to change. Like we get basically completely rewrote the first book because it was like that, and we needed longer POV. Have you ever had disagreements about or like differences of opinion about how the story should go? Like what was the process to to work those out? I, I mean, I think our biggest disagreements are actually around editing uh, than it is about plotting or character growth or anything like that. Because, because I own my characters and Liv owns hers um, and we can share and I understand them, but like she gets final say this is how Etienne feels. This is how Wen feels. Like she, like, I can't argue they're hers. I see. Um, so like plot wise, we're, um, I say we, I probably started this, but then like you, you started enjoying it. We're big, big plotters. We're not like, Oh, we'll fill it in as we figure it out. I'm like, no, I need to know the whole roadmap. And so before we ever get to writing, we're in agreement about where we're going and we're in agreement about the two possible routes that we could take. It's like we can take I-35 or we can take I-10. Well, except mm-hmm. in opposite directions. But still, uh, <laughs> we're in agreement about the two roads that we could be taking. We're not going to marry either one until we get there. We don't know what's right. But the stuff that we argue about, and when I say argue, it's really more like verbally slay. No, um, <laughs> is, is editing stuff, honestly. Yeah. That's a lot harder um, for someone like me. I don't like cutting I'm like, we're, no, it's all important. Yeah. I would. I want, I want to cut stuff off every page. <laughs> when we were working through Contender, that that actually ended up what we were doing. Um, it started out like a good 30,000 words longer than it, the published version is. So I was oh, like, wow. we've got to cut words off. We've got to cut this many words off every chapter. <laughs> so that's what we ended up doing. We did. I want to read the unedited version. 
It's a mess, but it's good. You may not. It's dark, too. So what do you find to be the most challenging part of being an indie author and not having, like, the backing of a publishing house? Well, you know, I think it helps that there's two of us. If it was me, then the hardest part would be social media, like, making relationship and reaching out to people and stuff like that. Right. Um, For her, it would probably be the editing and formatting. It just wouldn't happen. Yeah. Um, my finished product would be a, a mess. I, I I don't care about that stuff to the degree that it would need to be to be polished. Mm-hmm. Uh, the social doesn't bother me at all. So yeah, I, I think it depends on the individual. But as a whole, I think indie authors, um, for the most part, probably struggle with not having a large amount of money to advertise advertise or I mean it took us a long time to get to the point where we could afford the cover art that we have now for contender the amount we spent on contenders cover is a lot lot more than what we spent on vassal or goddess or shepherd of souls or um death seeker and and there those are great covers too but we wanted this to look like an epic fantasy book and so we like had to personally save up money to like ellis fables does not make uh, actually it has made enough money to pay for that cover but like it doesn't not the next one yeah. not the next one like wait right out of our personal pockets so it's like you might have a less I, I don't know a traditional publishing person might have a slightly less polished book or um, the story might not be as great but they have the budget to get all and of right. the and whistles so i would say for me besides the fact that i just wouldn't format or edit my books um as an indie author, it's knowing that my own bank account might be holding back my work. And that's, right. that's yeah. sad, right? That's, that's frustrating. Yeah. That is true, though. Hmm. So the last contender is the reason we're all gathered here. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I read it and I loved it. Um, and anyone who, any of the listeners that haven't heard my review of that, it was maybe late November, I think, in the, the mini-sode. So go back and listen to that because I really, really enjoyed the book. And it was by far the most inclusive fantasy book I've ever read. Um, and that made all the characters really compelling to me. And I think I said in the review even that a lot of times in fantasy, sometimes you wish some of the characters would like move along, you know, like you want them to get back to the favorites, right? Right. And really all of the characters I found to be very interesting. Why is that level of diversity, first of all, so important to you? That's kind of a hard one to answer because it's like, it's what we want leaders mm-hmm. it's it's like this is going to sound very crazy but i probably will tie it back together so just like hang with me for a second here i have a ton of food allergies um <laughs> and so like eating at restaurants is really hard for me i don't get to do it very often there's nothing more disappointing than going to a restaurant and eating a dish and going i could have done this better i wish it had more serrano pepper or more salt or man it was way too salty and i think that maybe like tying this back to reading reading and not feeling connected and not having enough viewpoints is like i could have done this better this needs to be saltier this needs to be spicier um and so i've turned into an absolutely terrible reader um i used to be a person who would always commit myself to a book and read it and give it a fair chance and now i'm like if I'm reading and I go, I can do this better. Yeah. I, 
and I really don't want to finish it. And that's terrible, but it's basically like we were creating something or I believe we were creating something because we felt a lack yes. in the, in the, in the purchasing world, especially yeah. in the fantasy world, you know, yeah. it's getting, yeah. better, but historically, traditionally, a lot of these characters have been very one note. Yeah. Yeah. I don't read a lot of fantasy books, but I do know that it's not traditionally been diversity. No, I've read enough to know that. Well, you know, I feel like, uh, and this might just be like how my our Instagram is getting influenced, but like I see a lot of the queer books seem more like modern, contemporary. Like it's it's like these people only exist in in the two thousands, and or or a historical one, which is then oftentimes very like shunned hush hush vibe uh, and i'm not a big i'm not very comfortable with secrets like that so yeah and I, I was listening to your podcast about the different types of fantasy and you were talking about urban fantasy and i think it's getting more and more popular um to have queer characters in urban fantasy but to me yeah. that's not exactly traditional fantasy to me yeah, no, it's I like, its own category. I actually like urban fantasy, yeah. and I think urban fantasy has had the more yeah. um, diverse. I mean, I the one that pops into my head is Laurel K. Hamilton is huge urban fantasy with her um, to sit her Anita <laughs> Anita books. Yeah. Anita Blake were very diverse, and mm-hmm. those are. She's been having those for like twenty something years, so I feel like the urban fantasy is more diverse. But there's but not the tra- gap, yeah. But definitely not the traditional fantasy, yeah. Books. So, yeah. who? Now that I know that you wrote different characters, this is even more oh. exciting. <laughs> <laughs> who are your favorite characters to write? And now I know it's going to be different answers, so I'm excited <laughs> about that. Specific to the last contender, or in general, the last contender. I have a pretty good time. Um, I really enjoy loose actually. Really? Okay. Yeah, I write loose uh, and like, I don't want to give away spoilers, but all I tend to write characters who may or may not eventually be perceived as a uh, antagonist. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I've, I've enjoyed loose a lot because I don't believe that the bad guys are the bad guys and that's how it is. Um, I'm with you on that. Yeah, I want. I want you. You love a bad guy. I sometimes I do. I love me a like. Oh, I love a bad guy that you're like that moment where you're like they're gonna be good and then they're not, or then they're not. They can't be. It's not they don't want to be. They can't be. Too much has happened to them. And then um, I've laughed the most writing Defawn. So I write Defawn, and uh, (laughs) he's just like my. Um, y'all curse, so can I like curse? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, oh, yeah. We're my simple I had to, hoe. I had to have the e because of me. So yeah, feel, I, I, I didn't know if it was like free. a special thing for you. Like you can curse in your own home, but you don't want other people to come and like. Yeah. Oh no. It's yeah. So <laughs> so Jafon, he's my simple hoe, and I love him. And you know, he's like him flirting with Wayne is like cold outside and when's like yeah yeah sure it is and he's like oh now it's hot outside it's like wow this is a got no Uh, game yeah no he's just super good looking um banking on his looks that's really all that he has going for him is just pure attractiveness um and and then i like loose because he's i want people to read him and feel conflicted like yeah mission accomplished (laughs) they didn't 
say your favorite character. Not yet. Oh, I'm sure it's one of hers. Every book we've ever <laughs> My aunt, that's not true. My aunt said that uh, the first book we ever wrote, she, oh man, she tore it up um, in a like a kind, but not kind editing way. And she said, I hate all of these characters except for Delith. She's the only one of substance. Oh, shoot. Wow. <laughs> the one that she wrote. So, anyway, I'm sure your favorite is Liv's. All right, Liv, who do you like writing in The Last Contender? So, I write Wynn, Bozzy, and Iniabi. Yes. Iniabi, and I was I was pronouncing the name Basha, but yeah, Bazi. Okay, that's good. Bazia, Bazia, Bazia. Okay, Bazi for short. That's and, and that's what Danny called her, Bazi. Mm-hmm. I like I like all of them for different reasons. Um, Wynn's like my small town philosopher. <laughs> uh, the the carpenter character. Yeah, yeah. Um, I so he's he's very interesting because he's like coming into this world and he's like very critical of it. And anytime you have a character that's like looking at their environment critically it's a nice chance to just like keep in world building like i don't know if you've read anything by naomi novik but she, she wrote this series the scalaments mm, it's pretty good we both love it but uh her character is very like i hate this so much and while she's like ragging everything you learn about how it is uh, oh, okay cool yeah she's like teaching you but in like a annoying bitchy way which is fun <laughs> super derogatory i love it yeah 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 for for the other two, I, Bazia as a kid is super fun to write. Yeah, uh, she's just a cinnamon roll. And then um, when she gets into the, the movement uh, to free the MI, that's that's a lot of fun to write too. But Iniabi is yes. hands down my favorite character. Oh man, she's so great. She's, she's awesome, crazy and over the top. And oh, the best is when she's like dragging herself up the side of the ship, and there's like barnacle scratching. <laughs> like the wet drowned rat. like, I'm going to do this. I don't care what I have to do. I love her. Um, yeah. So, no, like, I'm going to answer for you. Any Abby? <laughs> <laughs> right. Do you guys have any plans to try and do an audiobook for this series? Yeah, for all of our stuff, actually, because we, you know, budget's a real concern, but, like, inclusivity as far as, like, accessibility is really yes. important for us. So I know you've written a lot of other books. Do you want to tell our listeners about the other the other books that are available? I, I for one, definitely can't wait to check some of them out. Okay. Sure. Um, so all of our books are in the world we've created for The Last Contender. Um, you don't have to read Contender to understand the other books, and you don't have to read the other books to understand each other or Contender, but it's the same magic system and the same deity system. Um, it's the same continents and stuff like that the other books all take place on the same continent where when and Dupont start Mm. Uh, that's that continent is Roshan Uh um, or Logair but below the mountains rather than north of them Mm -hmm. so those first two books are vassal and goddess and they follow the story of Etienne, the mad student, and his best friend, Allie, who's also in the magic school, but she's learning to be a healer. Like magic grad school. Yeah, right? magic grad school. Or college there. <laughs> and um, Etienne, being highly ambitious, inadvertently lets loose an old god. And the old god inhabits Allie's body. And so he 
and she have to go on this like quest to try to fix what he's done. So they travel, madness ensues, and it takes two books for them to figure their shit out. It's a sapphic romance. Yeah. Between uh, Del and Ellie. And um, spoiler. Spoiler. Sorry. <laughs> sorry. Well, I mean, I feel, I feel like that's the sort of thing you want to know going into it, what the romance is. Give the but, people what they want. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Funnily enough, that's, you know how we told you we planned? We have all of our chapters written out in our, in our book two for contender document. And one of them, one of the headers is, says, live, get the people what they want. Nice. <laughs> uh, a lesbian. <laughs> um, and of course it's chapter 69. Ah, oh, nice. <laughs> Clever. Oh we have giving to. Giving away all our secrets. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> and then the next, so that, that series is called the Call of Calamity series. And that follows Etienne, uh, the Madge, Ali, the healer, Delith, the warrior priestess, and Inyo, the Inyo. extremely angry goddess, nature <laughs> goddess. She's pissed about the whole situation. Yeah. Um, so I write in, you know, I'll take credit for that, uh, monstrosity. Yeah. The second series is following Etienne 15 late years after the events of, um, the call of calamity. So spoiler, he doesn't die. Um, and he is now like a really fully powered mage and he is going mage, mage, mage. It's mage. I say mage. They say mage. Um, and he is. He that was our like little dipping our toes into like oh well maybe we could write a mystery so yeah. it's like a low key fantasy mystery novel mm. um, and he ends up uh, ensconced in a situation with pirates um, who he there's just a whole situation one with some... particular pirate and this is where Sterling's wrong because <laughs> everybody's favorite character in the series is the pirate and she wrote him yes Ryu. Oh, cool. For you, and he is a favorite amongst many readers. Um, but basically, Etienne is trying to figure out this mystery and kind of get himself untangled from the pirate situation that he inevitably got himself tangled in, in the first place. Um, and he is also setting off big events that are going to lead to other series in this world. All of these books happen after the events of the Last Contender series. Yes, the Last Contender series is 30 years before any of these events have happened 30 i will say for the shepherd of soul series um the rep is uh pov characters etienne he's bi um and polly and polly Ryu the pirate is pan and polly and then there's another character the spirit zuri lamar what is zuri's rep well obviously she's polly yeah um and then one of our gods is non-binary and they show up it plays like a a bigger role in this one but they're not a pov character but they are there and they are a god amazing my uh laughing god of death <laughs> uh and then this is not a published series in the fact that it's a book but have you guys ever used a kindle vela yeah it's serial reading it's episodic yeah. so kind of like a, a graphic novel but it's not graphic oh, okay. um, and so episodes publish every week. So we have a series unrelated to this fantasy world that we've created called The Thistle Queen's Thorns. Um, and that has two se- a season and a half out already. So as far as like word count goes, it's like another book and a half. Book and a half. 
but it's um it's a non-western I guess it's on the edge of epic fantasy. It's a non-Western fantasy adventure adventure around uh, five strong female characters. And um, they are... And a dragon. And a dragon named Kantahar. And uh, they are sort of warriors for the queen of their land. All those sound up my alley. Right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I inadvertently started at the beginning. I love that. <laughs> so speaking of that when is the next um when's the second book coming out please tell me it's not going to be too long you left on a well no spoilers the first, but it was a tough ending the yeah first draft of the second book is halfway written we like 10 minutes before our zoom call with y'all we were writing chapter 50 uh-huh of 100 it's more than 100 now. Oh, yeah. Because we added a bunch of chapters, but we haven't renumbered. So there are 50 chapters left and more than 50 done. Oh, well, good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so we're trying out a new editing system where we're going to write all of... So that book loosely is being called Emissary right now. Uh, and then the third book is loosely being called Dasan um, in reference to Inyabi. We're going to write all of Emissary and then write all of das on then go back and edit emissary so that we can make sure that things that need to tie on for das on are appropriately intertwined into emissary also editing just seems to go better when we have some space yeah if we try to edit something that we have written two months ago three months ago yesterday um for those of us who take this real personally that'd be me sterling it's hard but if we have like a few months of like six seven months where it's it's sat i don't take it as personally when she wants to chop off all my words oh. <laughs> <laughs> so like for emotional health reasons we think that having some distance but also for writing reasons being able to make sure we tie in like das on things to emissary so we're trying that out we didn't we sort of did that with vassal and goddess but not exactly. And we didn't know that Shepherd of Souls was going to be a, a duology because we thought we were going to wrap it up and then my characters wouldn't let us. So yeah. we had to go and write a second book. But the second one turned out pretty Yeah, pretty it was good. pretty it was good. Fun, right? so. Um, so the long and the short of it is, I suspect that we'll be publishing early 2024, possibly really late 2023. Yeah. yeah. So about, I mean, a year-ish between books. Mm -hmm. yeah that's awesome i'm super mm -hmm. excited anything yeah, else you want to uh anything else you want to tell our listeners about how can they find you uh well we have the social of the medias mm -hmm. so we're at ls fables on the insta of the gram instagram and we now have a link tree yes we made a link tree like real grown-ups today <laughs> awesome uh so that will link you to our website which is just lsfables.com and you know if you Type in Ellis Fables to Amazon, you're gonna find what we've published. Including Vela. It's it's kind of like Wattpad, except for the writers get paid. Yeah. yeah. Much Which better. I do like being paid. Yes, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> That's yes. one of the goals, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you That's so for much sure. for joining us. We really appreciate it. We're really excited. We really like your podcast. We actually had somebody who listens to your podcast reach out to us 
via messages and was like, we listened to the podcast and we heard that Contender was amazing and wanted to talk to us about Contender and buy it and stuff like that. So I was like, oh, that's oh, awesome. Yay. yay. That's <laughs> great. Someone took my recommendation. I love hearing that. That's <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you guys so exciting. much. Exciting. Thank you so much for having us. All right. All right. Bye. Take care. Bye. Bye. And stay tuned to your Rainbow Reads this year because upcoming for you, we have non-standard romance books coming up. Romance of any sort. Strange romance. Strange romance. We also have novellas. Yeah, I'm excited about that one. We have historical fiction, which I thought I was going to have to drag halls in kicking and screaming, but... One of your top fucking books was a historical fiction. I knew you were going to call me out on this. So you can't say that garb to me, that garbage, the the garbage to me. that veracity of lies. Yeah, so I'm like, I don't want to hear. It was was a good. I like historical fiction. It was a good historical fiction. Yeah, I think you you actually just need to define something that you like and be like, okay, like maybe all historical fiction isn't trash. Okay, I'll admit. I was wrong about the historical fiction, and I enjoyed that book tremendously. You, you did? Yeah. I mean, we're getting, look, give it a, yet another shout out. Hi, Anna. I, I mean, I do what I can. I know. And it, I think, so we have that upcoming, so stay tuned, and please recommend us to a friend. Yeah, recommend us to a friend. Take a moment right after you're done listening and put some stars on that Apple app. And please write do. a couple of kind words for us. Please please be kind. I know we're still a little new, so be kind. I mean, we can be kind of sketchy at times. Yeah. But you it, can just say, this is pretty good, <laughs> but sketchy at times. Right. Oh, and if you have an actual criticism, we would, we, yeah, we're open we'll to. I would love to hear it. But no. We, we'd like to. You can email us personally. Yourrainbowreads at gmail.com. Correct. And say, if you think we're trash, but don't leave that for the whole world to see, because that will hurt my feelings. Hopefully you wouldn't have listened this far if you think you're trash. <laughs> well, who knows? This could be their first go and they're like, that girl says fuck a lot. What's this a, What's what's this about? What's the this first shenanigans? Person, the first person that leaves a review and says that girl says fuck a lot, send me something I'll, send, I'll you, send you a prize. Yeah. I mean, we won't tell you what the prize is, but it'll be something. Yeah. So just if, let us know if you're the first person that writes that. Yeah. I mean, it, it doesn't take very long to just do the clickety click on the stars, even if you don't want to write any words of, yeah, you don't even have to write of words. joy and kindness to us. That's cool. Just a, a five stars. Just yeah, boop. It would help us out. The reason is that it's like fucking algorithms. I know. I hate them. It just, it will actually tell... Um, Apple that people are actually listening and that maybe other people would like to listen. Yeah. And we all want gay books and authors to get more press. I think that's a common goal. We all have, if you're listening to this, I assume that's a goal. That's our goal. And we want to get to know more people and get to know more authors and spread the word about these great authors that we found. Yep. And in the new year, we are also going to make sure that we're reviewing your arcs that you send to us if they are a good fit for our podcast. And hopefully we'll be talking to more of you authors also in the future. So we're going to have a great year and I hope that you have a great start to your new year. I hope so too. Nice things in store for the new year yeah. for your Rainbow Reads. Well, may it be so. May it be so. Manifest it. That's right. And we will believe and we will definitely see you around very, very soon. See you next time.
take care of yourself.